Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for our weekly wrap. Green is the new orange. Dos con green, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm wondering? In a normal situation, without a pandemic, without a virus, do we still have a dos con color? Yeah, we do. Green. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Unless uh, our next guest tells us otherwise. We'll find we'll out. Find First out. question. Yes. Yep. Okay. We'll find out from our guest. Oh anyway, from uh, next week onwards, from Monday, you no longer have to wear a mask when taking public transport because uh, all these restrictions are being lifted. Yep. And this all three years after the first COVID-19 case was reported in Singapore, January 23rd, 2020, just to jog your memory there. But uh, are we really ready to go back to, I don't know, normal, whatever normal means? On the line with us is Dr. Aso Kurup, who is infectious disease expert from Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Dr. Aso, good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine, guys. How are you guys doing? Very good, sir. And thank you for all the hard work you've done, you know, for the medical sector the past three years. Amazing. Yeah, no problem. We just hope that, you know, we don't have a new one. I know. (laughs) Actually, uh, doctor, is there a DOSCON level, you know, outside of pandemic? Is it supposed to be DOSCON green? Yeah, so these DOSCON color codes are just meant for certain measures and calibrated, you know, interventions. So, I mean, I don't think we, we need to get too carried away. It doesn't mean that just because it's green, you know, COVID is dead and gone and mm. it's past tense. Obviously, it's not. So, we are trying to, and actually, it gives us some conviction that our measures in trying to live safely around COVID-19 and our navigation around it is successful because mm. we are getting to this level. But it's just, okay, when we say that it's coming to Dorscon Green, we can take off all those masks because uh, the majority of us all are, you know, relatively healthy. We have got our boosters and all those things. But please bear in mind, there are also vulnerable individuals. And these include the elderly, you know, ones amongst us who have multiple medical problems, asthma, heart conditions, uh, diabetes, and many of these things are stacked together. Or people who have cancer, they've got chemotherapy, and they're on medications which depresses the immune systems. And so many of them are there in our societies. So whilst we say green and everyone is very happy, etc., that's good. But for these people, they will probably still have to be careful. So I will tell my patients that, you know, wear a mask, even if you're, you know, in a... Um, Uh, Outside, if you're encountering crowds, I'm not going to say all is clear because please be careful. It depends on your risk. So the Uh, ones who are vulnerable should uh, should keep their masks on. And I suspect, uh, doctor, the ones who are also living with uh, vulnerable people should also take some extra precautions. Yeah, so they should just take precautions. I think uh, there's a little bit of common sense as we navigate through these things because Mm. it's very hard to kind of be overtly prescriptive when it comes to public health, uh, you know, advisories to say, oh, you know, these groups do this, these groups don't do that. So I think people have already gotten a a certain sense of understanding about COVID-19 that we don't have to be unduly prescriptive down to the granular level as to who should do what. 
But I think people who live with vulnerable individuals, etc., should learn to know that certain risks still abound with COVID-19. But it's not just about COVID-19, it's about other respiratory viral infections as well, including influenza. Mm-hmm. And there are vaccines for these things that people tend to forget. Listen, there was an outbreak in the school recently, some people may have read about it. And so, you know, our vulnerable people, all those risks that I mentioned earlier, uh, other respiratory viral infections can also cause a lot of collateral in these groups as well. So when they mask up or practice respiratory etiquette in context of uh, being in a crowded situation and so on, I think it's also uh, relevant. As you know, healthcare hasn't dropped the masking. So there's this yeah. dose con with certain levels of green, right? So it's yeah. not entirely. So that it's a kind of a measure. I think it's kind of uh, telling us our this is just another strategy in our forward way of living with COVID. Uh, you know, it's finding that balance of being considerate and and you you yourself have to, as they say, own self check own self, right? I mean, Doc, I, I I feel this is a very this is something that 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 happened during our grandparents' time or my grandparents' time. At least I saw uh, my grand uncle and grand auntie. My grand uncle was down with the flu, just a simple flu, and he would self isolate. You know, sleep in a separate room just so he doesn't mm-hmm. spread to his his wife, who was of an older age. Yeah. Feels weird in this day and age, but uh, actually, it's the correct thing to do. Oh, absolutely. I have. So many stories of elderly people who um, celebrate birthdays and sometimes, you know, a lot of people get together, families Mm. and Mm. so on. And then they pass something uh, innocuous to themselves Mm. like influenza, Mm. but not so to the elderly individual. And then that person succumbs and after that, you know, from a birthday, it becomes a tragedy. So uh, it's one of those things that happens in life, you know. So it's not just because of COVID, we get used to certain precautions but we cannot say that our whole life is governed just by covid and nothing else you know listen there are other viral infections around as well kids coming back from school for example before they interact with elderly please continue to you know wash up and clean up before you interact with old folks you know try to think about that not go rushing kissing hugging immediately and grandparents also have to think about how to protect themselves and not to get to you know so not to want to be compartmentalizing yourself and, you know, living in bubbles, but we all have to live around sensibly. Mm. I think it gives us uh, additional layers of protection, especially to vulnerable folks, you know. So living around people sensibly, as you mentioned, doctor, what about uh, ART testing? Many of us still have a lot of ART test kits at home that the government gave yeah. us throughout this yeah. whole pandemic don't, don't situation. Don't 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 put them in the ART museum. No, okay. But <laughs> do we have to, showcase. how often do we have to test ourselves? i just going to say, when I realized I had COVID, I had totally no symptoms, and I just test because I had, my mom just had a new test kit from Canada that I wanted mm-hmm. to try out, and it turned out I had, I was positive. But, you know, otherwise I didn't feel anything. If any one of us do not have any fe- you know symptoms whatsoever, do we still have to regularly test? No, no, I don't think it's relevant anymore because... Look, you know, you were well and you tested positive. I don't know that there were people whom you infected and all that. It's, it's, a, it's a testament to the fact that you are strong and that probably, hopefully, you have been vaccinated mm-hmm. and that, you know, you, you didn't suffer collaterals. And so many of people probably had that as well. 
So the, the reason to test is only, I think, if you are symptomatic right now or okay. if you have got concerns, you don't know what you have, but you're vulnerable people at home. And doing regular testing, just like a surveillance, etc., is not really required in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, have a low threshold for checking if you have got uh, uh, folks and all those at home who are not, you know, quite there and, or at work. If you have mm-hmm. people at work who may be vulnerable as well, like just generally being a, a social person and trying to engage in society responsibly. If you fall sick and you feel fluey and sore throaty, um, my kids were somewhat having some symptoms uh, before last weekend. And we did the same thing as well. Sometimes we forget that there was this ART thing. Oh, we have it. It's right next to us. Come on, use it. Make sure you don't have it. Yeah. But, you know, So just use it responsibly, but you don't have to use it when you're asymptomatic or do it just as a surveillance. There's no need for that. Mm. You can wear a mask as well, you know, if you're feeling flu-y. I mean, and if it is, even if it is just yeah, a flu. Yeah, you can pass a lot of other yeah. things as well, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, adenovirus and all kinds of other names yeah. of viruses. And, and these are things which we can just make our, all our lives easier when we kind of be sensible about wearing. You know, when you say don't wear masks in the, you know, in public transport, don't don't go and um, chide somebody who is wearing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that person is uh, not just trying to kind of, you know, have a fashion statement but because that person is genuinely having some raspy throat so you have to cut some slack amongst people who want to wear masks and there's nothing wrong and listen we were all debating this uh, (laughs) uh, our society being a bit different right from other countries in the in the the neighborhood who wear they wear masks when they're not well but over here it's like oh everybody looks why are you wearing a mask it's not our culture that kind of thing i think we have to borrow the mindset from the pandemic i think some aspects continue to should be should prevail that sounds good so uh yeah if you feel like you need to wear a mask if you need to uh, if you want to protect yourselves and the people you live with and put on a mask and i guess no judgment yet, yeah right yeah. doctor yeah can we debate on this? I mean, you talked about debate. Can we debate on this one? Um, whew, here we go. I'm going to attempt this. Uh, and you'll have different age groups with uh, different opinions. Uh, most of them would say, yeah, but I already got COVID. Well, I already took the vaccine. Well, so why should I take a second booster shot? <laughs> oh. The bivalent vaccine, you know, there's a lot of talk about that back and forth. But I think that I will not sit on the fence if someone is vulnerable, you know, like mm. the risk groups we just talked about. No, those people, there shouldn't be a second thought about it because the risk is significant without the bivalent and the data is quite strong to show the levels of protection against severe disease and uh, mortality and death. And so I think that is without a doubt. You are in a risk group, go ahead, get the bivalent, you know. So if you are not in that risk group, but, you know, you are otherwise all right, you do have some latitude and you can wait it out in my mind. Especially if a lot of us have what we call hybrid immunity because you have got recent COVID infection mm-hmm. and that is riding out on your previous vaccines. And uh, we have either had two that we had COVID and we had a booster or we had three that we had COVID. And so many of us have uh, various permutations of these things. But I think that, you know, if you are one of those who are low risk and you have gotten hybrid immunity and so then there is no need to rush out and get bivalent in my mind. But if you are in a risk group and by way of 60 and above and all those other comorbidities and immune suppress and all, don't bat an eyelid, just go get it. Okay, one last thing about uh, vaccines, doctor. So if I had already taken one of the bivalent booster shot last year, do I still need to get it done regularly just like I do with the flu shot? 
Uh, it's an evolving topic. I think it's being debated even in the U.S. The Food and Drug Administration is presently thinking about uh, an annual flu shot like uh, annual COVID-19 shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, there are many uh, nuances that needs to be ironed out. You know, what is the strain exactly going to contain? How well is it going to keep up with the prevailing strain? And there are some differences in how flu uh, vaccines, um, strains are predicted as opposed to COVID-19. So I don't think this issue is going to completely be reconciled fully, but I mm-hmm. think the writing is on the wall that at some point you would need this kind of regular boosting one way or the other. Okay. But my hope, rather, is for us to get a better vaccine, something that is going to give us mucosal protection, you know, intranasal mucosal protection so it can prevent us from falling sick in the first place mm-hmm. and some other ways that we can circumvent virus. Of course, you know, being Doscon Green or whatever that we call it, we have to continue with surveillance and being vigilant. And that's all a great thing because we do have that infrastructure built in and hence we can downgrade as we kind of, you know, step down the measures somewhat. But we have a lot of backup if in case we need to scale up. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for your insight this afternoon. Been speaking with Dr. Asakurup, who is infectious disease expert at Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Thanks again, Doctor. Take care and have a great Friday evening. All right, yes, yes. Okay, bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.